0: Welcome, podcasters. You are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co hosted by Dr. Ginny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome back, podcast listeners, to another episode of Tell Me Why. Today, Dr. Jenny Christern and I are discussing multi-sport versus single-sport dedication: the pros and cons. This is a great one, Jenny, and we've talked about this one a little bit. And my Personal opinion, where I have to start. I, I did some more thinking about this, and I think I'm going to actually sway a little bit on a couple of things. But believe it or not, oh. I am a a huge believer in multi sport and cross training, and I think there's a big difference there. And we're going to get into that. But athletes who tend to specialize, and I will add to that, especially at younger ages, on one sport. Don't do that well, and don't develop the same coordination. And as a big point to that, I think they get bored and they get more injured. They they don't have the re- response and resolve from other sports. And I think we're going to go into this a little bit and and talk about it. That's my start, my takeaway on this. Where I'm a big believer in multi sports at younger age. I think there's a thing where you get to. Probably past high school, I say for most sports, and again, there's, there's different age with, with sports with like gymnastics, where girls are doing this at 13, 14, 15, and they're top in the world. So there's some slight differences in there on a few sports where some athletes at younger ages really perform a lot better. But I say for the majority of the sports, as they reach high school or after high school, is probably a great time to start specializing into one sport and they've developed the skills and how to work within different sports and ready to specialize a little bit. Sure. What do you think? So
1: I agree with you, actually. I'm just surprised you wavered. I was just like, oh my goodness, you never wavered because you're so thoughtful by the time you made a decision. That's what you go
0: through. Know, I'm stubborn. I'm, st- I'm stubborn. Yeah, you no, know,
1: that's your word. I didn't say it. I just, you know, okay. but I agree with you in that What a lot of athletes could benefit from, and definitely at younger ages, is being exposed to different types of sport. So if you're doing soccer, track is fan-freaking-tastic. Or if you're doing soccer, basketball is nice, because there's the agility thing. Sports that have agility to it is, is really good. All sports have agility, But, you know, things that are more closely aligned to the main sport that you really like is very, very helpful. In taekwondo, we would tell them to do soccer because you have to move in different ways and it's focused on your feet. Whereas basketball might be more hand foot coordination. So it's quite nice to be able to develop multiple parts of you. There's no perfect pair between sports, but being able to develop your ability to think because each sport, Requires a different type of thinking, a different type of Brilliant. anticipation, and a different type of movement. And the more that you're exposed to that, when you do decide which sport you do want to focus on, it, it makes it so much smoother. There's things that you'll do that people are like, How did he or she do that? Right? What, where did that come from? Oh my God, that was a spectacular move, or whatever the case may be. And so it really is something I'm going to co-sign 110% on with you. Multi-sports is fantastic.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, I like the word you used, expose. I, I didn't even think about it till you said it, but that's a great analogy to parents, to, to younger kids, get their kids out and expose them to different things. Let them see what they want. And this really ties into a lot of what we talked about last week. And parents letting those kids really decide where they want to go instead of pushing them in one direction, but exposing them and letting them try some different things. You never know, they may find something, Hey, I really like this, or maybe they were in a team sport that they really like, but they find out they're really good at individual sports or vice versa. Uh, I think there's some great opportunities there that a lot of people miss. And we talked about this previously, where so many parents get their kids. You're going to be a professional hockey player. You're going to be a professional soccer player from the time they're crawling around the house and they just don't get that opportunity. I, I think a couple of big things for me is they get, I don't know if bored is the right word, but if, if you start young and they're just doing the same motions, motions over again and the same thing, they're, they're getting less stimulated and it going to become boring for them and they need something else i have a few athletes that i work with in speed skating that it's all they've been doing for years and just lately we we play actually a lot of volleyball for a warm-up and and cool down it's kind of fun it's a good team building thing we do after i have a sand volleyball court in my backyard and we go out and play after wait sometimes they, a couple of them have actually joined their high school volleyball teams because they like it. And they still have the sport that they, I want to call, specialize in. And then they have the ones where they can make different friends and try and use different muscle groups and do less of a stress or high performance. end. they can actually go out and have fun with it. And it's not like a win or lose, do or die situation. And I think it clears their head and they can come back and, and focus on their sport. They can bring in different things yes. and it's working their plyometrics, what we do a lot with speed skating anyway. So yeah, big believer.
1: Yeah. And as you were talking, I'm sitting here and I'm excited because I was, you, you said it sometimes individual sports would benefit from the athlete participating in a team sport and sometimes a team sport may and vice versa. So one of the things that I want to emphasize is that that is probably the first thing I would recommend. If you're in an individual open sport, do a team sport and vice versa. And I'm going to explain why. So Remember we talk about the exposure, developing different parts of you and being able to um, be responsive or reactive when need be. So when you're doing something individually, it's about you. Right. You might be on a team, of course, golfers or or karate or whatever, but you're the one out there making that play or doing that piece. And you get so focused on you. You don't really know how to take that and go, okay, well, what can I be mindful of? What can I pick up around me that might be useful? Because you're so focused on just you and I have to win. The team sport allows you to remember that I'm not by myself. It allows you to figure out who to tune into from time to time. Yes, you should listen to your coach, tune into that voice. Yes, you should listen to yourself because you are out there knowing. But it's it's about, you know what, how do I take in the environment and what is helpful for me at that time? Say if I don't know what to do. And then it's how do I block them out? How do I learn? who and what to listen to, what to pay attention to. Yeah. And that's very important. Same thing with a team sport. It's really good to do an individual sport because now you know what it, you appreciate your team more. When you're out there by yourself, you appreciate when you go back to your team, but you also know what you're made of. You also get to refine your ability to focus, to take accountability and responsibility. And say, hey, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. So when you go back to the team, it's like, okay, what do I need to do? How can I yeah. use now these resources, my, my teammates more effectively and trust them? Because not everything is on me. So that I, I really like that you brought that up.
0: Yeah, I agree with that completely. I, I competed most of my life in individual sports and a few times I got to Compete in team sports. I loved it. It, w- it was such a a different com- camaraderie with with other athletes. I got to meet friends and do things that had similar interests. You weren't competing against them all the time. You were competing with them. Uh, it, w- it was it was a great opportunity for me to spread my wings and learn little things different. And I could bring my individual talents to that. Again, I think as you point, I was just. A different opportunity to learn different things and spread your wings a little bit. Great stuff. And, uh, and the, one thing I was thinking, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, and the nice thing about it, too, is you appreciate going back to your individual sport. You, you have more fun with it because it isn't all boring. It isn't all monotonous. You're bringing the things that you learned as a, as a teammate. You're bringing that back with you and that's going to get taken in and you're going to transmute that into your own thing. And that's what's going to give you that. Ooh, how did they do that? Oh, that's yep. a new one. Right. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But go ahead.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's, that's you hit the nail on the head. It's, there's so many great things you can get out of it. And I'm going to switch courses here a little bit and go towards the problems with it. And one of the biggest, and maybe this part isn't the problem, but a lot of coaches will typically try to dissuade their athletes from competing in different sports. They're here for my sport. I want complete dedication. I want this, 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 and this, and they don't have time for another sport. I'm not a big fan of it until a certain level. If you're trying to make a national team, you're trying to make the Olympics, Obviously that's a whole different game, uh, professional team. You need that complete focus and dedication. Maybe after you're on that team and you have some spare time, a little bit of cross training with another sport, again, I think it's still a good idea, but for athletes that I'm working with that are shooting for a national team, most of them are still in the high school age and I do allow them and actually promote the opportunity to play a second sport part-time and hang out with their friends and do their things. But I have seen multiple times where coaches don't want athletes, don't let them specifically make a very sharp, tight rule to say, not allowed. You cannot, will not play another sport. And they're feeling that they're going to get Less out of them, or maybe an underlying feeling that they're going to like this other sport better and they're going to go play that and they're going to leave me and I won't have them here anymore. I get it. I, yeah. And, and yes, it is a possibility. It is a possibility that you could lose that athlete. But is that that bad? If they find something they like better, kudos to them. Yes, you may lose a top player. Okay. Right. Maybe that's your job as a coach to train another top player and get someone else out there. But if an athlete really finds something, a love for another sport, and they're going to do good at it, go for it. Allow them the opportunities. Again, as long as it's not interfering majorly with what you're doing, you could be practicing five, six days a week, but there's still other times during the day that they may want to go play with their friends or, or do other things. And I am a huge believer in. Just training different muscle groups and keeping your body flexible in different ways. It really helps prevent injuries and allows the athlete to become a little bit more coordinated. So, again, firm believer in talking to those coaches that don't allow their athletes. Give it a try. Give it a try. Let them see what happens.
1: And I don't want to start analyzing coaches who do that because there are so many reasons. It's not all bad. Their intention is not to, right? But what I will say to coaches who who tend to go, I don't want you to play another sport. I really want you to, because they're the only ones that that will know where that's coming from. And so I really encourage them to think about where is that coming from? Is that coming from a place of fear? Is that coming from a place of development? Because depending on where that's coming from, that's going to determine whether or not you're being selfish. And when you're being selfish, you know, I always tell people nothing good comes to you when you play dirty or when you're self-absorbed or when you're sacrificing the greater good for your personal interest. It, it always comes back to the coach in some really weird, karmic kind of goofy way. But what I will encourage them to do is if they're admin, I don't want my athlete playing or athletes playing another sport, even if it's a little bit. I want them to listen to or take into consideration what you just said, which is it will help them become a better athlete. And if they really love that sport, they're gonna love it. Love the sport that they're in with that coach, they're gonna love it even more. They're gonna love it even more. And what I would encourage them to do is talk with the other coaches, perhaps if they're at high school or or what have you, and we'll just stick with high school, even amateur sport, where they can say, Hey, is there a wreck? club or rec league that they can sign up for outside of high school or if they're in high school say they're on uh, the i'm making up something the baseball team but is there like a a jv freshman sophomore version of that yes where they're not coming in full blown boom 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 but they're they're coming and they can play if they're not there all every game or every practice it's not gonna the sky's not gonna fall but they're there when they can be and they can get some exposure to that. So this is where collaboration is really important in terms of coaching. Can you effectively collaborate? Are you secure enough as a coach that and have relationships you know, with other coaches that would allow your athlete to really blossom, to really just take off? And if you're like, I'm gonna just say it. If you're like, I'm an insecure person, not doing it. But they wouldn't say that. They might not even know that. What I would encourage coaches to do then is collaborate with that JV coach or, or with someone and say, hey, maybe a couple times a month, can you come over? Maybe we can have like a, a a fun activity, like you were saying, like the volleyball. Can you come over and help us like learn lacrosse? And and kind of teach us the basics of that and just have a little fun with that. Oh, you yeah. know, and do that. You know, in place of one or or several practices, one, two or three practices, and just kind of have them do something a little more fun. And then with the coaches, what you guys can do is debrief. What was similar about our sport and this sport? What did you learn from this sport that you might be able to apply when we have a game? Right? And yeah. that isn't just the physical, that's the mental, that's, that's the growth, that's the exposure. So say you're really like, look, I don't want them doing this other sport, but I am open to inviting other sports in a few times a month so they can get some exposure and, and kind of shake it up a bit. That, that's always, I think, a valuable option if a coach is open to it.
0: And I'm going to capitalize on that. As, as I've talked many times, I'm a huge believer in cross-training. And we do an awful lot of that. And the word I was looking for previously when I was saying they're going to get bored was getting burnt out. I, I see burnout a lot happen with athletes, especially the ones, as we talked earlier, Their are lifers that are starting when they're in diapers and they're getting their parents are pushing them. Um, when like speed skating, that I coach when we're in an ice rink? When, when some teams are in an ice rink four or five, six days a week, mm-hmm. you going around in circles boring. I coach it. I've been doing it for my life. I get bored with it. You need to have an outlet. And what we have really found that works. We do a lot of cross training on the bike. We do a lot of running. We do a lot of weights. We do a lot of, we play ultimate frisbee. We do a lot of different things. But what we do the most of, which correlates very specifically in muscle groups is cycling. We do a lot of mountain biking. We do a lot of road biking. Our athletes love it. They love to go out, so and and push each other. Where we'll go out for a ride, and a lot of times we'll even sign up and do races in the summertime off season. So we'll go out for a ride, and someone who's maybe a lot faster on the ice, but maybe not as strong on the bike, gets beat. And then the guy who's maybe a little strong on a bike and not as coordinated on the ice, it gets his time to shine. He gets to push the other guys. But the interesting part about it is they get to compete and it's, it's more of a fun competition. They're not doing their major sport. So they're not like grinding through it and getting stressed about it. They're having fun in a different way, but actually pushing themselves further and harder than they typically do without even knowing it. And they're getting their the reason why we like cycling because it uses a similar muscle group. Similar lactate buildup in the legs. And yeah. there's, there's a lot of things that correlate. So any coach that could find a sport, a cross-training sport that they, they can do, like if they're playing soccer, maybe ultimate frisbee is a, a great way to do it. You learn. To you have to explain that to me. me.
1: Now I want to know what ultimate frisbee is. I know what frisbee is, but never ultimate.
0: Ultimate frisbee is one of like the top growing sports in the country. And it's, it's, it it's like football or soccer with a frisbee. So oh. you're it's like more like soccer, I guess, because you're you're constantly moving, right. and you just have to you catch a frisbee and you got to stop, and then you have to find a guy open, you throw it to him, they have to stop, throw it to another guy that's open. It's it's a little literally like soccer with a frisbee. Oh but wow! Actually, the funny thing, one of the guys that I to, works with ultimate for USA Ultimate Frisbee was telling me, it's one of the few sports, and you get a kick out of this, few sports in the world where they don't use referees where it oh, is oh well,
1: that's nice
0: it's self-refereed so i mean they actually have to take the opportunity to like yeah i, I filed you or i i stepped out of, out of line and and actually it works they have filed The honor system works i love that i mean i don't know most sports <laughs> it's not <laughs> gonna fly but
1: i'm like let's go out mid frisbee referee free I, and i'm blown right away through.
0: that That they actually got it to work, especially at an international level or something like that. I I don't know if it works all the time, but to me, that sounds like a great way. But anyways, as we digress, I I think there's a a million different ways, maybe at least 100,000 to find a cross-training sport that uses similar muscle groups that the athletes really get into it and they get out of that burnout stage and it gets them the opportunity to go and try something else using the similar muscle group. So they're actually still getting better and stronger for the main sports that you're working with and I'll go out with them. And we, we bike race and we ride, we have, we have a blast with it and we're out of the ice rink and they're not getting burnt out. They're not overusing the same muscle groups yeah. and I've had great success with it. I, I really have to say it's, it's a big part of our training program that has been very successful.
1: I love it. I'm sitting here going, now I'm more excited about the cross training. I was always excited, but just being exposed to like this new one. I've heard of it. I mean, I don't think I've ever put much thought into it, but it seems like there's so much more benefit to cross training that than even I completely appreciate it because now I'm excited again. Like I was excited before, but like, whoa, I want to learn more about this thing. Not that I'm going to do it, but it's that maybe I'll try it once or twice. And it's just about waking up. Everybody, like, oh, snap up, you know. And I think that when coaches and players and parents are open to that and, and allow the, the athletes to explore, when they come back and they act, they continue to choose, it's like, oh, I'm really, really good at this sport. I'm so good. And I don't want to give it up, but I definitely want to dip my toe into these other sports at a rec level or something, but just for fun. And then they come back with that fun for the sport that they're involved in heavily. So I think it's a great idea, especially I'm intrigued by the Ultimate Frisbee. Oh, yeah,
0: you got to check it out. It's it's actually a very growing popular college sport. A lot of college teams are, are... either for rec leagues or whatever, they're developing wow. ultimate physics. But it's, oh, it's a fun, lower stress, great run around, a lot of physical activity. And as you mentioned too, where for soccer or whatever, running cr- track or cross country, we used to do that all the time. And off-season training, you keep going, you, you work on your sprint, you work on your endurance, whatever your sport would be. Maybe you're a sprinter, you're going to run the 50 or the 100 or whatever on track, or you're an endurance athlete, you're going to run the mile or two mile. Uh, again, you're you're cross training. You're keeping yourself in shape. You're giving yourself the opportunity to push yourself to meet goals and, and keep driving forward. I think there's just there's so much to it, and, wow. and maybe I, let's...
1: wow! I, I, for everybody who's listening, try something. Pick something that's that's comfortable for you, and just just try it once, and let us know how it goes. Or if they've well, done, I, the I, I want to know how that goes too.
0: Yeah. Like I would tell coaches of a a particular sport, find a good cross training sport that you can incorporate into your training program. I'm telling you, burnout is huge. If you can keep an athlete from getting bored or burnt out with what they're doing, they're going to show up to your practices a lot more engaged, a lot more enthused, and they're going to perform a lot better. And if you're doing a cross training sport that gives them the opportunity to build the muscle groups and coordination that they do in their main sport they're going to come back even more physically ready to perform
1: you know you said something i don't know why this triggered a, a a thought in my in my head but one of the things that came up when you said hey let them do it and they'll they'll come back more enthused and and all that other fantastic stuff one of the things about team sport and it is that it can be lonely. One of the, and one of the things about individual sport is it can be lonely. And let me explain what I mean by that. If you're on a team where they're not very receptive to you, but you're really good, maybe they're jealous, maybe you're not as confident or it's a lot of team sports are clicky. Let's just be honest. They're, they're very clicky. Yep. But the person, the athlete, may really love that sport. Right? They might not have the confidence or, or maybe they're, they are really good, but they just get left out. The, the other people don't like them. Who knows? Being able to cross-train and do other sports allows that person to develop other relationships that make this other sport tolerable. It, it just makes it tolerable. It makes the mean girls, the jock guys, the whatever, tolerable to be around because that's not the only group that they know athletic-wise or sports-wise. Say they're doing golf or tennis or ultimate frisbee. In my head, I'm doing that thing. I'm trying it once. It allows them to go, you know what? These people, they're just, I'm never going to fit in, but I'm going to go and I'm going to have fun. And then I look forward to doing this other sport over here. I'm not good at it, but I like the people over here. I like being by myself and just kind of gathering my thoughts in this individual sport. And that really does help. And I'm thinking about a person in particular that just had such a horrible time. And when I say they treated her horribly, I mean that. Even the coach. Even the coach. And when she left and went to another sport, she completely stopped the sport that year, her her senior year. And she went to another sport and did phenomenally well. Still had a a D1 full ride scholarship almost to a, a D1 school. But she found herself. She became excited again to just play, to do the sport. Cause she needed a break. Not because she was burnt out. She still had her club. But it was in large part because she found some nice people. And I and and because in high school, though the 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 sports competed at the same time during the same season, if you will. So it wasn't possible. But yeah, sometimes you just you just need to do something with another sport or another group of people in order to feel appreciated, in order to feel accepted. Because I know that there are some people listening to this and they're in a situation where they're like, nobody on my team likes me and I don't know why. Well, it's not your business to know why. You can try to figure it out and do what you can. But after a while, sometimes people just don't like it. But if you have a place where you can at least feel comfortable, you can go back to that sport where people are being a jerk or whatever to you. And, and tolerate it more because you really might love that sport. So it's just something to think about.
0: Yeah. I'm going to add on to that. And then I'm, I want to talk a little bit about the other side when maybe you shouldn't have athletes mm-hmm. doing multiple sports. So one thing you hit on made me think of this. And as I mentioned, we, pl- we play volleyball quite often after our weights workout. So speed skating is typically a very individual, individualized sport. Yes, And the guys that you're training with a lot of times are guys you have to beat to make the team. So a lot of the times it's very difficult to get them to actually work together, even at practice, to push Mm -hmm. one another. Like, well, if I push him too much, they're going to get better and let them chase me. He's going to be beating me. So, And I get that theory, but if you do it correctly and they push, you push them and they keep pushing you, you're both getting better. But that's That's a whole different... Podcast that we're we should do another time but because we're doing an individual sport all the time we go out and play volleyball after weights these kids actually get to get the opportunity to actually do a team sport to work with each other learn how to help each other learn how to talk to each other hey i'm serving pass it to me whatever it is um and the funny part is watching a bunch of speed skaters learn to play a ball sport with the coordination. When we first started, they couldn't do it. It was comical. Even the parents would be sitting there watching. Oh my God, my, my kid's just so uncoordinated what happened. They didn't know how to, don't know how to hit a ball, but six months to a year down the line, they're loving it. And they want to go play in their high school teams and, and do that. And, you know, a lot of the parents like, I don't care how they do. In speed skating. They're, they've actually learned to do something else. They're a little bit more coordinated now. I like that. It and and it's they've learned to even talk with their teammates and and do some team stuff. So again, it's what's the word I'm looking for? It's invaluable to me as a coach for a lot of a lot of different reasons. For the physical reasons, the burnout reasons, the coordination reasons, and the team building reasons. So those are four good ones right there that I'm gonna say coaches. Athletes get out there and do that because it's valuable. Now, as, as I was going to say on the other side, at a point in, in an athlete's career, you're going to want to keep them pretty well focused on whatever main sport they have. And, and I will preface that with saying, even when I'm coaching Olympic team at level athletes, the best in the world, we still will do a lot of cross training. And the cross training, again, helps them keep them from burnout, helps work different muscle groups. We will not necessarily focus on taking the time to compete in a different sport because I think there's, there's some different focus elevations when you're, when you're at that level. So when you get to the point where you're making money doing that sport, making a team, a national level, they're paying you whatever it is, there's a time where your focus needs to be a little different. Yeah. Typically just on one thing. Again, I'm going to say cross training's huge. Keep that going. Yes. But competition wise, I would keep it focused more towards one sport.
1: Oh, absolutely. I would agree with you because it's not that we eliminate the cross training. It's that you don't start competing in it. So something like rec pickup ball or something like that, I don't know. Where they're not out there for real, and you're out there for play, (laughs) and that's when you're likely to get hurt. It's just about practice. It's just about training. It it literally is just that. And that's why I was saying that some coaches, even at a club level or adult league level, the coaches can bring in some elements of that. Bring in another coach who can help you guys, who can, who can put together a, a, a drill or like a little mini game for the team or something like that, where they can still practice those things and engage, but not at the competition level. Because you're absolutely right. Once you get to a level where we've worked with Olympic athletes, we've, you know, had our national teams and it's like, nope, you can play and practice once or twice a month. But their focus does need to be on that actual sport that they're now mastering, that they're competing at the highest level. When you're a professional athlete, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to To play, it's another thing to compete. Cross training still needs to be there, but once you get to a certain point, that that needs to to be your focus. With that said, that I want to take it back to what you started off with, which is that's why when they're younger, you expose them to that. Yeah, right. That's why you do that when they're younger, because when they get to this level up here, there's not going to be a lot of time or room to play like that. The way they will be when when they're ten or fourteen, it's a little different.
0: Yeah. I'm going to give you a little example, too. There's a a young lady named Erin Jackson, who is an Olympic gold medalist from the last Olympics in long track speed skating. She is also one of the top in the world in in inline speed skating. Now, very similar sports, very different where one's on the ice, one's on wheels in the summer. She competes all winter long on the ice and still competing at one of the, at one of the top in the world. And in the summertime, she takes a break from it and goes back on the wheels and goes competes at the uh, world championships on inline. Both coaches are good with that. Both coaches work together to help her with her programs and keep her focused on what she's doing. She knows, I don't know which sport maybe is her number one sport. I'm betting is the one that pays the bills a little bit more. But And I don't even know which one that is, but... She's doing both, and she's doing both at an extremely high level. Yes, they're very similar, but she gets to hang out with different people. She gets to learn from different coaches, pick up information from different coaches, learn different techniques from different sports that may carry her over to the other thing. Very rare situation. Not many athletes can pull pull something like that off or are good enough to pull something like that off. But I I will say it, it can happen.
1: I think, I think what I'm hearing from what you shared is that each person is different and whatever is motivating you to be able to do something like that, there has to be some synergy. There has to be some complementary piece to that that allows you to take off a season here and then focus it over there because you're probably going to bring it back. So if you're able to do that, that's fantastic. But the point is, is that hey, still doing something to keep the balance in your life so your sport, whatever the main one is, for whatever reason, is able to benefit from it.
0: Yeah. And I, I, to answer that, I would say, yes, you need two coaches mm-hmm. at a minimum that are willing to work together to help for the benefit of that athlete, not the benefit of the coaches. You have an athlete who it has the ability to switch mentally back and forth not again not many people can do that and she probably grew up playing multiple sports and has yeah. that ability to learned at a younger age to do that and parents or whoever willing to sway back and forth in a different lifestyle and it's working for her i mean she's yeah. olympic gold medal and uh, one of the top in the world maybe a world champion i don't know yeah. in inline, in so it's it can happen
1: and I just want to say and emphasize, not say, but I want to emphasize that part where the coaches are working together. And again, something that we shared earlier, which is, hey, are the coaches open enough? And I'm going to say mature enough and confident enough to to work with another coach on behalf of athletes, not for themselves, because a lot of those coaches, they're looking if I win, I win, I win. And we talked about this. Then they get to get promoted sometimes. Sometimes they want to go to a a, a, <clears throat> a better school, a school with a better athletic program in that sport. Sometimes they want to get scouted and maybe get brought in as a club coach somewhere or as a college coach. And so it, it is focused on them. And that's where I tell the athlete and the parent, this is where you you want to look out for you. But yeah. if you're a good coach, that's what those people are looking for, not just winning, but how do you develop these athletes? That's really the shift that I'm starting to see happen and that people are looking for athlete development, not just the win. Winning is important and good, but they're looking for athlete development as well.
0: I'm, I'm glad you're seeing that because as we've talked about in our last few podcasts, it's been more of us focusing on The parents, the coaches, the athletes even just win, win, win. I just want this one sport. This is what I want to do. Win, win, win. That's all it's about. And there's, as we discussed in the last podcast, there's so much more to sport and what you can get out of it. Now, I'm all about winning. And when I work with my athletes, there's one thing in in our mind and it's working towards being the best. And, but there's a lot of different ways to get there there's there's the burnout way of just do it do it do it do it do it and do nothing else or there's there's the cross training way there's there's multiple ways but i'm glad you're seeing that that that's a huge huge plus i think for society for sports in general
1: yeah so i think it's starting to become more long-term focus with the balance of, with the short-term focus too but it's like how are they developing yeah because if they're not, then that's when you get a lot of dropout at D one, and it's just you know they don't want to do it. That's why D three people kind of boohoo D three, but they have really strong athletic programs because the focus is in sports. So now the student athlete wants to do that more. So I think it's pretty yeah. cool.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Jenny, I think uh, it's a perfect spot for us to wrap up and kind of yeah. give our little segue into takeaway from what what we really want people to get from this podcast do you want to go first or would you like me to
1: i will go first and say you know what i want you all to take away thinking about doing some cross training exposing identifying exposing yourself to something different but identifying what might be complementary for you as an athlete you know that your interest is whatever that is much better than anyone else and then be open to some suggestions coaches try to work with try to identify some 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 sports that would complement whatever you're doing and bring that in a few times a month at practice or something just to break up the monotony and, and and develop the excitement and then and process that and parents same thing for you too encourage exposure encourage just being able to explore and have fun especially when they're younger because as you know as a as an adult and as a parent that goes away pretty quickly when life happens so
0: yeah I'll um, add to that because that, well put. Again, at at certain levels, coaches, athletes, yeah, yeah that athlete's going to need to really focus. And I, I'm a huge believer. Again, at the highest level, focus and dedication. You you can't be number one without it, and you you're, you're going to need that. And when you get to that point, that you are working towards that Olympic gold medal, being a professional athlete your focus and dedication on that one sport are going to be the utmost important. Until that point, if you haven't figured it out yet, I am a huge believer in cross training and dedication to multiple sports. Give your athletes a chance to learn different skills, learn coordination, learn team development, personal development, goal setting, chase after different, different goals, different ideas. I'm a huge believer in it. So take those opportunities as a coach, incorporate some cross training of a different sport into your sport and really give those athletes that opportunity to try it and see how they do at it and use similar muscle groups and actually make themselves better for the sport that you coach and that you're working at. Well said. All right. Thank you, podcasters, for hanging out and listening with us again. We always welcome your feedback and would love for you guys to go on and follow us and like us. Until next week, thanks again. We look forward to talking with you later. Bye. Bye.